0: continuing education in Rogue River. Hey, we're hosting a continuing education class designed for pastors, but anyone can come. It's June 28th through 30th. This year, we're having Dr. Gregory Schultz. He's talking about the fellowship of his sufferings for missions briefings on the insurgency of death on demand and the counterinsurgency of pastoral care. This is going to be a lot of fun. hope you can come June 28th through 30th in Rogue River, the cost for pastors is 150. Retired pastors and laypersons, 100. You can register online at TableTalkRadio.org/ce.
1: A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously
0: without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, Wait a
1: minute. You're <laughs> mistaken. Mistaken to me.
0: He said, you sound like a heretic. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor
1: Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, <laughs> Pastor Fleming.
2: And it so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, you guys are putting mega, the mega crunch on the phone. That would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, Passive, Keep it mediocre, mediocre, and hilarious.
0: I told you you were going to break your webcam. I told you uh. you wouldn't listen. <laughs> Keep doing it. It's that. the
1: microphone thing that's broken. Webcam is working just fine. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. You
0: probably have backups just in case. <laughs>
1: I do not have backup <laughs> webcams. Would you take any easy? <laughs> well, I'm we're so gonna... happy we're not on YouTube today. Oh, man, Just the pure old school so great. podcast. Speaking of old school podcasting, did I tell you I started a new podcast? No. I don't know why. I should stop the, I should, instead of starting new, I should stop the you, old. We have be a better plan. I was going to say, you haven't
0: really perfected the one you're doing right now.
1: <laughs> the Tower of Babel is what it's called. So. Interesting. Yeah, is it just you or no? Me and Jared Henderson. Uh, He's a guy coming into church. He's he's got a PhD in philosophy, and so he's done a bunch of podcasts before. But then he quit when he became Lutheran. It's like there's enough Lutheran podcasts. I know you're telling me. But then I said, hey, I got all these theological questions. We could just answer them. So it's just a theological question and answer show. So we recorded last week about an hour and a half on our Catholics, Christians, and how can we say baptism is efficacious, and what do we say about the vocation of friend? So, yeah, Tower of Babel. Would he be interested in being a co-host of Table Talk Radio? <laughs> I'll talk him into it. Because? <laughs> would you be interested in being co-host of Tower of Babel? You could take over from me there. He could take over from me here, and I could finally take a nap. <laughs> Nice.
0: Uh, all right. Well.
1: Oh, by I'm so the way, glad we're not on YouTube because I don't have to act like I'm paying attention now. Right, but you don't the have advantages. the
0: the Facebook anymore to distract you. That, that Neither do me. I by the way, uh, the did Facebook. you hear Trump is starting a, a social media platform? Nope. I th- I think I'm going to be all over that. Like, uh, <laughs> what's that thing you used to say? Like, uh, like a rat, rat on, on a on Cheeto. Cheeto. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the biggest supporter of that social media. <laughs> really? Oh yeah.
1: Would well, that be great? Like a, he's <laughs> tracking where you are. You're like, I hope he comes and visits. <laughs> Trump's there. I mean, I've, at, been, hmm. I've
0: been I've been anti social media for like, well, thirty six years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like <laughs> anti social first. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's a prerequisite. But yeah, yeah. Then this comes along. Oh, this is going to be the thing. Yeah, I think that'll be great. I'll uh, I'll promote. What's it, it going to be called? I'll be, I'll be checking it when I don't know. That's a good question. Trump book. Tr- Trumper. Trump book. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. Insta-Trump. We're, uh, we're going to take a listen to our voicemail system. If you have uh, church signs, bumper stickers, comments, questions, critiques, complaints, give, them a call. give us a call at 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. But before we do that, we need to do little buzzwords.
1: Yes. Uh, the buzzword generator is out. Could you pick a number between 1 and 700, please? Let's do 500. Okay. Ooh, nice even number. Uh-huh. I'm turning to page 500 in the book called... Oh, I've almost got a bookmark there. Ah, on the Mystical Union is page 502. This is the Doctrine... Wait. The Doctrinal Theology of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, which everybody should have. You can download it for free, wolfmuller.co slash books or something. Here's the Doctrinal Theology of the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Heinrich Schmid. This is this golden book. Okay. Um... Huh? Applications of redemption. This is the mystical union. Let me see. Let's let's use the language mystical union. Okay. I think that's great. And what is the mystical union? When we talk about, did we do this last week? It seems mystical that union? that sounds like we had that recently. But the mystical union. I'm just going to start with a quote that starts in 4.99. The mystical union is further described in the sacred scriptures by the expressions, the espousal of believers with Christ, Hosea 2:19. The mystical marriage of Christ and the Church, Ephesians five thirty-two. The union of members and the head, Ephesians 1, 22 and twenty-three. The insertion of the spiritual branches into the spiritual vine of Christ, John fifteen four to seven. The abiding of the whole Trinity with regenerate man, John fourteen twenty-three. That's where Jesus says, "We will come and make our abode with Him." I just got finished teaching the Worldwide Bible class on Ephesians 5.32, and this is where it says, We are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. As it is written, the man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then Paul says, I'm speaking of a mystery. So that's why this is called the mystical union. It's this this mysterious way that Jesus is present with us. So personal union—that's the union of the two natures in the one person of Christ. Uh, sacramental union—that's the way Jesus gets His body and His blood into the bread and wine. Mystical union—that's how Christ is one with His church and with the Christian.
0: Okay, got it. I'm taking a look over at the TabletalkRadio.org. There's this uh, button here that says buzzwords. Someone ought to update this. Uh, so, but I'm just uh, scrolling down here. Here's why well, i didn't even know we had a website. So. <laughs> I'll, That's I'll why link I'm it not on the I'll link on it on my social media page. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll put it up there. On
1: your new tr- on your Trumper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Simil Ust et peccator, Uh hey. which is I think uh pig Latin. Simil. For simultaneously justified and sinner. Uh, simul. This is a useful, useful, useful uh understanding of the fact that uh yeah, we so we're we're born sinners, and upon regeneration, uh, we are made anew. We are made saints, uh, and yet the the old does not pass away. <laughs> I mean th- th- that we we are at the same time saint and sinner. Um, now this is helpful because I think sometimes we enter some uh, frustration, right? Because we now have this renewed mind given to us by the Spirit that. Uh, yearns after the Lord's uh, uh, will, so we hear Christ say to love your neighbor, and we want to do that. Actually, we, that that is our our sincere desire, and yet there is a failure to carry that out. And the reason is that our uh, our sinful flesh continues on. And so there's this battle taking place. Now, I think that there's something uh, useful in this. Uh, we we want to see this, that this is a both-and. So we might put it in terms, kind of like we talked about the incarnation, that Jesus is 100% God, 100% man. Uh, we're also 100% saint and 100% sinner. And I think the reason that's helpful to think in those terms is that I think sometimes people understand this to be this kind of this progression from sinner to saint. So, uh, yeah, I'm still a sinner, I'm not perfect, but I am getting better. The the sinner is weakening in me, and I'm becoming more of a saint. Um, But we have to understand um, that when under the law we are condemned, um, that if we fail to keep the law perfectly, then we're condemned by all of it. Uh, And so we can't ever say that I'm less of a sinner today as I was three years ago, because I'm actually the same sinner. Uh and yet by God's declaration, I am a saint. Um he is he has given me uh that title um for the sake of his son Jesus Christ who has died for me, atoned for all my sins, and has given me the gift of faith through um baptism and and, and his word. So I am a hundred percent a saint, even though I persist
1: as a sinner. Okay. Simil. Simil. That's become a that's become a cliche we gotta look out for though, because I, you're right it is very helpful to understand this so it's not like I mean we so the, these things are true we are justified and we still have the flesh that that's but there, there's also a way you know we don't want to be like an animal house picture and then just be like shouting symbol <laughs> you know like i uh, it's not it, it whatever the symbol is it is not given to us as an excuse to sin right. what, what you said was very important is that we become we become more frustrated at the flesh the 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 longer we live in christ and christ lives in us and so there's this kind of growing disgust with our own sinful nature Mm -hmm. before we were christians we were not simil we were sola flesh and now we have the spirit added that we have the father son and holy spirit added we have the righteousness of christ added we have the wisdom of god added and so now this ne- starts this war, which is the Christian life of dying to the flesh and rising it, uh, to the new man and so forth. So
0: that, that frustration is a necessary part of the Christian. In other words, uh, if I am not, if I don't have that frustration with my failures, then it would say that I'm somewhat embracing them. I'm embracing right. the, the sins
1: that I'm engaged in. Here's what Bayer says, because it's just on the next page of the Mystical Union. It talks about renovation renovation is in a wide and narrow sense how about this renovation of the christian life and this is probably what we're more familiar with regeneration strictly speaking signifies a certain real and intrinsic change in the regenerated or converted man this is taken transitively as the action of god producing in us holy impulses and actions as he said to give us a new heart and a new spirit to renew the spirit within us so forth and intransitively so far as men furnished with divinely imparted strength are said to renew themselves, making for themselves a new heart and a new spirit, to lay aside the old man and put on the new, etc. So there is something that we are, the Holy Spirit is working in us, and we are also cooperating with the Holy Spirit in this work of putting to death the flesh and living according to the law of God.
0: Yeah, indeed. So it's a repentance and faith, it sounds like. Hey. Uh, exactly. All right. It's after, always repentance and faith. After this break, we're going to be listening to our voicemail system. It's not too late to call in. Call quick. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. Let us know your questions, comments, bump stickers, church signs, and we'll take them all right here on Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah, no one's looking at me right now. These are Are all you
1: dancing? These are the awkward parts.
2: Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006... Uh, for watch time and to monetize on YouTube, you gotta have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you wanna see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there.
0: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. one eight hundred three eight five 385 Sola. Here's the first one. You already passed it. I don't even Wolf think here?
1: my other podcast has a has a voicemail set up yet. Huh. huh You should uh, you should do that. Yeah. Another number to never remember. D- what are we checking our voicemail? Okay. Yeah, here we go. Let's check it out.
3: How's it going? This is Jeff in Poughkeepsie, New York. I just passed a church sign that said,
1: if you believe everything you read, try the Bible. (laughs) God bless you guys. (laughs)
0: All right, what do you think of that? If you believe everything you read, try the Bible.
1: We're looking for the gullible in this church. That's what (laughs) we want. They're, they're all sitting around in a church sign meeting, and they're like, all right, who's our target audience? Like, the gullible. It is it is <laughs> like kind of here. it is kind of interesting. I mean, the,
0: the, the point that this church sign is making is that uh, you'll read something on some web page on, like, the th- fifth page of Google search, and you're like,
1: oh, yeah, it's true. It's on the Internet. Yeah, it's true. Internet's uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true. never been wrong. Internet's never been wrong. But then someone says... Uh, uh, something from, like, Romans, like, phew, I don't believe that. Like, no one seeks after God, no, not one. <laughs> Who believes that?
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, if you Google search for my face, which I don't know why the guys were doing that at the after the Ascension service last week, uh, but <laughs> a picture comes up of uh, the lady bishop of the ELCA. What is her name? <laughs> It's like the third result for curious. I'm actually kind of surprised. Can't believe everything telling... you see on the internet, you know. I'm kind of surprised you're telling me this. So so happy about it. They're like, oh, they were having fun. They're laughing, looking at their phone. What what's going on over there? We just searched for your picture, Pastor. Look what came up. Ho, ho, ho. Ah, you guys are automatically on the church sign committee now. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. That's what let's we see. need let's on see. the church
1: sign committee. That's right. Let's see what they uh, come Should we up say with. anything about this? The Bible is trustworthy and God's word. And that's, oh, so that's the battle, by the way, from the very beginning. Did God really say, did God really say, does, does the Bible get, do we have an insight into the heart of God from the scriptures? And the answer is yes. So we should believe what the Lord says. Everything else has to be submitted to the scriptures. So it, it's part of our Christian wisdom is that we don't believe everything that we uh, that we read. In fact, only when we hear "Thus says the Lord" do we then say yes, right?
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting um, over over time. I think people's what criteria for discerning whether something is trustworthy has changed. Um, I think. In years past, people would ask questions like, "Well, does this make sense? Is it logical? Whatever." And now, people ask the question, "Well, how does this information make me feel?" <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so if if this makes me feel bad, well, it's probably not true. <laughs> right. It Makes me feel it's good.
1: Tri- oh, it's true. a tr- uh, triggered. Yeah, that's yeah triggered. Right. I, It's Triggered. It's a. What is that language? It, it's um. It's it's dangerous to know something. This mm-hmm. is the it's it it's hurtful. It, the, if the truth hurts, then it can't be true, because mm-hmm. the truth has to be unhurtful. Mm. I suppose. Yeah, that's demonic. By
0: so the way. so it was important for us to make this distinction that we that we used to about uh, magisterial and ministerial use of reason, right? So that mm-hmm. that that someone's discerning whether i can believe this bible and it says things like someone was born of a virgin mary yeah, i don't know about that but we would we would you know make this distinction well there there's a way that our reason can serve the scriptures but there's a way that it would actually try to rule over the scriptures now we have mm-hmm. to we have to talk about the the um, the emotion of that right so you i think you talked about this mm-hmm. somewhat recently how how our emotions um, can work against God's Word, or they can work in line with God's Word. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go to the next one, huh? Yep, you're ready. Hey, pastors, this is Kelsey calling from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I just wanted to report a bumper sticker I saw uh, sitting in traffic this morning. You can't coexist with people who want to kill you. Uh, I thought that was an interesting uh, variant of the coexist bumper sticker. It didn't have all the traditional symbols in the coexist word, but um,
2: couldn't tell exactly what they were. That's
0: all, thanks. Thanks for calling in. All right, so yeah, so you normally see the the coexist bumper sticker. I'm gonna explain it for all the people who haven't been in a car for the last 15 years. <laughs> Uh the coexist bumper sticker and each letter is a different religious symbol, and it's implying that, hey, we can all just get along. We'll 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 exist alongside of one another. Right? Right. And it has all the different religious symbols. Uh-huh. Mm. So but this yeah. one this one's
1: a little That coexist bumper sticker is the is the watchword of tolerance. You know, Uh this is, we're all just, it's multicultural, multi-religious, multi-God, multi, multi, which is true. I mean, so we, you you don't have to have Christian neighbors, but it is hard to have neighbors committed to jihad, for example. (laughs) (laughs) That's more difficult. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about Israel in a few minutes, uh, where this bumper sticker is going to be manifesting. That's what the kids say nowadays, manifesting. Ah, okay. But the idea is, um, th- to take it on a more theological point, th- the Lord says, um, hey, you know what you shouldn't have? Other gods. So the Lord is not particularly interested in this coexisting, especially not in our own hearts. He wants to take up the seat there. Like, oh, no, I want to have the mystical union with uh, with all the different gods, you know? I got some Hindu gods over there, and then some old Greek gods, and then... You know, throw in Jesus and Moses and everyone else and it'll be great. Party time. Mm-hmm. Party of the gods in my heart. It'll be Mount it'll be Mount Olympus in my conscience. That's what that is wrong. So while while we want to practice extreme religious tolerance, this is very important to us. So on a secular level, we we wanna know that the heart cannot be coerced and that human laws cannot uh, coerce faith. You can coerce obedience and a, a, a speech code and things like this, but you cannot coerce faith. So knowing that, we want to have uh, and we want to promote extreme religious tolerance, and yet we want to know as Christians that that's, that's not what we're actually after. We're after a faith that that prays to God and God alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is why, I mean, um, when, when we talk about God in the public square especially, it's done in a way that puts itself forward not as an option on the shelf, <laughs> but as the exclusive um, teaching about God that is true. Uh, that, that all other religions are are preaching a false God. This isn't a kind of thing—I mean, if, if a religion rejects Jesus, I mean, just read the book of John, how often he says, he who rejects you rejects me. Um, or I, I guess better put, who rejects the son rejects the father. Uh, this isn't a thing where you can kind of uh, eat the meat and, and spit out the bones you get the best of this religion. And, and if, if, they're, if they reject Jesus, then they are worshiping a false god. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Okay, here's another one.
1: Hey, I was listening to a recent episode. Guys were talking about doing a liner for safe place or safe space. How about tabletop radio? A safe space for sinners. Hmm. What do you think of that? What What's he saying about you and I? (laughs) I'm insulted. (laughs) A safe place for (laughs) similes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is no—this is the—I I hope, you know, so there's that could be two different ways, right? Safe place sure. for sinners, because on the one sense, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus is the Savior of sinners. Uh, uh, Jesus says to, they, to the woman caught in adultery, Did no one stone you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So,
0: And I would think that, that that's j- the meaning of the way the, this caller meant it.
1: Mm-hmm. And yet, it is not that Jesus does assault our sin with the Ten Commandments, and He cast down the haughty. And so, uh-huh. our sin is not safe. And that's one of the. I mean, that's one of the people reasons why people try to avoid church because they want to protect their sins. Hey, don't. Uh-huh. It's like your sins. It's like a little. It's like one of those dogs that you carry around in your purse. You know. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The purse dog. And like no, no one can get close to it. No one can. You got. To, you're always protecting your little pet sin, carrying it around in your purse, and uh, Jesus is not a big fan of that. Right. Right. So, so kind of back to
0: what we started the show with is uh, repentance and faith again. So, yeah. so yes. Um, uh, I mean, I think I, I'd like to think that the the people who come to church Sunday morning here at Faith Lutheran Church are those who know that they're sinners and are eager to come because this is the place where the solution to their sin is found, namely in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. the the promises he gives, the sacraments he bestows, uh, this is the only comfort for sinners. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yet this is not to say that uh, you should have comfort in your sin. You should find comfort in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to be all the time we have. But if you uh, have a comment or question or anything you would like us to ponder here on the show, 1-800-385-SOLO, 1-800-385-7652. When we get back, we're going to be listening to an interview that the Prime Minister of Israel had. Uh, I found it, Pastor Wolfmother. it was not uh, Meet the Press. It was Face the Nation. That's why I had a hard time tracking it down. So This is a very interesting interview. I think we're just going to kind of... Uh, play and pause and kind of react to it. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: How many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast.
0: I guess Ten Commandments in the News is the game. You know, yeah. we can't do anything without a game on this show. That's right. So uh, here is. Um, Prime Minister of Israel Netanyahu uh, talking about the strikes on um, Hamas and Gaza uh, on Face the Nation. Here's a little bit of the, of the audio.
3: Mr. Prime Minister, thank you for being with us. Good morning. I want to start with uh, the, yesterday was the worst clash in this seven day conflict. The last one of a similar sort in 2014 lasted six weeks. How much longer are these hostilities going to continue?
2: well we hope that it doesn't continue very long but uh, we were attacked by hamas on uh, our national day jerusalem day uh, attacks unprovoked attacks on jerusalem uh, and then thousands of rockets and missiles on our cities uh, and i think any country uh, has to defend itself it has a natural right of self-defense we'll do whatever it takes to restore order and quiet uh, and on the security of our people and deterrence, we're trying to degrade Hamas's terrorist abilities and to degrade their will to do this again. So it'll take some time. I hope it won't take long, but it's not immediate.
3: Twenty-nine hundred rockets uh, fired on Hamas, according to one rep- r- fired from Hamas, according to one report. But there's also a report that Egypt offered a truce. Hamas said yes. You said no. Why?
2: Well, that's not what I know. And frankly, uh, if Hamas thought that they could just fire on our rockets and then sit back and enjoy uh, immunity, uh, that's false. We are targeting a terrorist organization that is targeting our civilians and hiding behind their civilians, using them as human shields. We're doing everything we can to hit the terrorists themselves, their rockets, their rocket caches and their arms, uh, but we're not going to... Uh, just let them get away with it. Neither would you. I mean, mm-hmm. you just imagine what would have happened if uh, you had uh, 2,900 uh, rockets fired on Washington and New York and others. I think you you would understand our position. I think you do, actually.
0: The persi- Okay, well, just
1: uh, maybe break in here a little bit. What are your thoughts so far? Anyth- anything? Yeah. <clears throat> so what? This is it's incredible how long this fight has been going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael, I suppose. In some ways, <laughs> yeah, and, sure and it would be it's also it's i don't know exactly what to think about this but i wonder you know there was it seemed like there was progress being made everyone was worried about president trump and his (laughs) you know that the war was the the world was just gonna like combust into flames when he was elected and it seems like that was the opposite was happening and then now the opposite of the opposite is happening and uh This violence is coming along. Um, He mentions the natural right. I think it's nice for us to reflect on what it means that, that the Lord has shaped up the world in nations. So there's not one huge, big international nation where we do have different nations. And those are supposed to be rubbing on each other for the sake of kind of making sure that things are in order. So it seems like the Lord has for the sake of justice has established all these different nations and to mention justice the right of self defense i think the language in particular that stuck out to me was that we want order and quiet mm-hmm. so the what, the purpose of war is not war but the purpose of war is to end war and to bring order and quiet so that was that that was interesting to me that stuck out to me what about for you
0: uh yeah i agree um you know here you have i mean this is This is quite the thing if we think about—I mean, we're maybe just used to it in 2021, but the fact that the prime minister of another country who's in the middle of a military conflict is taking the time to be interviewed (laughs) on an American news outlet is fascinating. Like you never got to do this during like world war 2 like like uh you know what was going through your mind during this time I mean, just mm-hmm. you know but here he he has the opportunity to lay out his case why his country is uh taking the action that it is and why how it's doing it, the manner in which it's doing it you know um there there are a lot of people who are accusing uh Israel and um and Netanyahu of committing war crimes and stuff. And I think in the next clip, uh, he'll have a chance to defend that a little bit. So let's listen a little bit more.
3: Vision of that targeting has uh, been up for question. There's been a lot of focus on the bombing on Saturday in Gaza of a building that housed the Associated Press and Al Jazeera. The Committee to Protect Journalists demanded detailed and documented justification. This morning, there's a Jerusalem Post story that says the Americans were shown a smoking gun. Uh, that proof that hamas was in that building what is that proof um and did you show it to the americans
2: well we share with our american friends all that in- in- intelligence and here's the intelligence we had it's about palestinian terrorist, uh, uh, a- a- an intelligence office for the palestinian terrorist organization housed in that building that plots and organizes the terror attacks against Israeli civilians. So it's a perfectly legitimate target, uh, and I can tell you that we took every precaution to make sure that there were no uh, civilian injuries. In fact, no deaths, no injuries whatsoever. Uh, uh, well, I can't say injuries. I don't know if somebody received a, a fragment of a of a stone. I don't know that, but no people were killed. Now, imagine. Ask yourself, how is that possible? You see these high-rise. Towers that are used by Hamas over and over again, they collapse and no one is killed. Why does that happen? Because we, unlike Hamas, take special precautions to tell people, leave the building leave the premises we make sure that everyone is gone before we bring down those terrorist facilities and that's the difference between israel and hamas they deliberately target our cities deliberately target our civilians they glorify the death of children and and, uh, civilians and old people they are happy with it i think they're happy with uh, any deaths that are caused to them, we grieve for every non-combatant loss in Gaza, and we grieve for all our civilians have, who die. We, we don't. We're not happy with it, and we try to minimize it.
0: I want to get. Okay, so um, maybe, maybe I don't know if you want to listen to more, but uh, there's probably enough to do some Ten Commandments uh, in the news on that. Yep. What
1: do you think? Yep. Sure, and it's a that is an amazing thing. I mean, you saw the that I saw that video of that building being mm-hmm. exploded, and uh, and you think, well, how did they know to Video that building. Because <laughs> <laughs> they told him, we're going to blow that thing up. <laughs> it's crazy. I I don't even know. I, I have no idea where that happens. Like, hey, hey guys, by the way, you might want to not go into work today. Because <laughs> all the press is all worked up about it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this is... Uh, so, okay, so one of the, so the Ten Commandments in the news should get us pretty quick to the idea of just war. So, mm-hmm. just war comes from the fact that the Lord put the fourth commandment before the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother stands before, you shall not kill. So the Lord has ordered the world, maybe that's a bit of a leap, let me explain this. So honor your father and mother is the Lord setting things in order in the world. So it's more than just children honoring their parents, but it's this whole sort of establishment of honor. So so we honor all those who are in authority, and the three places that w- we find authority are in the family and in the state and in the and in the church. And there in the church there's the authority of the Lord's word. In the state there's the authority of the sword. In the home there's the authority of father and mother, and that authority is to be honored. And so much is that to be honored that the fifth commandment comes along afterwards and says, You shall not murder. But we understand that not all killing is murder. We were talking about this last week at the Deaf Church, by the way, because there's only one sign for kill and murder, and so we were huh. trying to figure out how to make that distinction because all, all murder is killing, but not all killing is murder. And so, for example, to execute a criminal is not murder. It's, you're killing him, but it's a capital punishment, and it's, a, it's not breaking the Fifth Commandment. In fact, it's keeping the Fifth Commandment. And this is why. The Fifth Commandment is there to make to protect life, and if someone becomes a threat to life, then they are removed as a threat. That's the power of the sword. So the state possesses the power of the sword. And Luther gives the picture of amputation. If a if a finger gets gangrene, you have to amputate the finger so that the death doesn't spread to the whole body. Now the finger looks at the scalpel and says, "Uh, you're you're bad." But the rest of the body looks at the scalpel and says, "No, you're good. You're saving me." So the sword is to cut off those who would end life so that life might continue a little death to preserve the bigger death so we as we study the scripture we recognize that there is a place unfortunately for the sword both directed inwardly police and justice system and outwardly soldiers and war and so there's a place for these things in this fallen world again it's unfortunate and it's often the least best the least worst thing that we're after uh that that war is ugly and terrible but a mm-hmm. uh, necessary evil in this fallen world mhm
0: yeah uh and i think we you know see at least um uh prime minister netanyahu uh make his case for their their actions why they you know, choose the targets they do um so it it's it's been interesting. I think that maybe the thing that's interesting to me at this story is not so much the events themselves as much as it is people's reactions. Um I mean you hear you have Hamas attacking um Israel on their holidays and uh in you know, particular synagogues and things like that. And when uh, Israel responds, they say, "Oh, these are war crimes." You know, these you know, how dare they uh do these things. And it uh you know if if the same thing happened to us you know we think about you know 911 or something like that when 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 terrorists um strike americans we expect people uh, our 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 elected officials to take action to to it's a you know in that case a matter of justice we expect right. that just about 30 Please. seconds here pastor
1: There's this just war question where you don't target civilians, etc. But it's interesting when it's kind of blown out on one side and then brought as an accusation on the other, and that's one of the problems of terrorism. It makes seemingly just war almost impossible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I have one more question for you on this topic when we get back from the break, because most Christian talk shows are talking about the end times implications of all this, and I want to ask you about that right after this.
1: Ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button.
0: And we're back. You know, Pastor... Uh, Usually when Christians start talking about uh, conflict in the Middle East and and Israel and all of this, we're wondering, is this the sign of the return of Christ? What say you? Uh, No. Probably not. Boy, that's... How are we supposed to promote uh, our podcast and sell books if we're not
1: saying this is... Like, get ready, everybody. (laughs) All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. That's our... Uh, that's our great, um, uh, let's say not yes and no, yes and amen in Christ, yes and nay. all the guys yes and amen in Christ. Second Corinthians, it, Paul says that this is true. The only thing we're waiting for is Jesus to come back, and so it's not like Jesus couldn't have come back two thousand years ago before Israel was a nation state.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now we want. I'm a big fan of Israel. Uh, I, I, I also have some deep sympathy for the Christian Palestinians, mm-hmm. who are just the lost people in all this mess. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, But I don't know it's it's a curious thing why I don't can't figure it out why the Progressive in America are So against Israel. I think it buys into the I mean It's the same sort of idea that we've we've taken Native American ground So remember when we were watching the ELCA convention and they're like let's have a moment of silence You're like, oh, they're gonna start with a prayer. No, they're gonna start with a moment of silence in Thanksgiving to all of the Native American tribes whose land was stolen for the convention center <laughs> or whatever. I remember that. And so I think it's like, uh, this is, it's like that idea, I mean, Israel, they, they there wasn't an is state, and then they go and they say, okay, we're going to make a state here. And then they're, they're, that's this same sort of, I don't know, manifest destiny, objection to manifest destiny or whatever. I, that's my guess of what's going on. but. Anyway. Well, that's a good segue to our uh, to our next story. Ready for this headline? Yeah. Oh, I love this headline. One of my favorites. Love to hear it. Oh boy, the Lutheran Church elected its first transgender bishop, who will lead two thousand wait two hundred congregations.
0: Now, I'm wondering. Um, uh, so, who's who? Who put this story out? Maybe? CNN. How come CNN refers to the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America as the definite Article Lutheran Church? Why not why not why not write it a uh, the largest Lutheran
1: church body, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. The Reverend Megan Rohrer made history when they <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who are we talking about?
1: How how they. many people
0: how many people are we talking about here?
1: They, Megan Rohrer <laughs> that became the first trans- transgender pastor in the Lutheran church. Ugh. This month, they again broke new ground, this time as the church's first transgender bishop. Rohrer was elected the bishop of the Sierra Pacific Senate of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America earlier this month. There you go. Throughout their six-year term, Rohrer will lead their six-year term. This is so... will lead the synod or a geographical grouping of congregations, which includes Northern California, parts of Nevada.
0: Listen, if you're willing to redefine biology, you have no problem redefining grammar. (laughs) I'm just saying, that's a small stroke of the pen.
1: (laughs) Roarer used the pronouns they and them, describes their new role as being pastor of the pastors and cheerleader of almost 200 congregations. Quote, it's humbling, they told CNN. Yeah. Cheerleader is sexist, isn't it? I guess you can have a... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inspiring, and I think I'm very aware that this call is bigger than me. It's about serving God, and it's about a place in history that means a lot to a lot of people. What does that mean?
0: Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot to
1: tackle. Listen to this. The Lutheran Church is just one of the two Christian denominations along with the Episcopal Church that allows transgender members to serve as clergy. Is that true for the Lutheran Church?
0: (sighs) You know, um, it should be pretty clear to anyone in the ELCA by now that the church has just been hijacked for political purposes. I mean, you know, we we you see how the progressives want to accomplish certain agendas, and so to be able to infiltrate certain institutions establishes that agenda. So, like, we're seeing these changes, like, in the military. I mean, the military used to be could be apolitical, you know, it had no really purpose of being left or right. We're just here to do a job. And you might argue the same, you know, for the church, although that's a little bit more complicated. Uh, but when 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 you start seeing you know things like this, it's obviously that that there's a different purpose um, in in play here, and it's really just to say uh, we've a, we've using this church for particular accomplishments of our agenda. And I'm I might get I might get pushback on this if anyone would if anyone listened to this podcast, I would get pushback maybe. But you know, dare I say, if there are faithful Christians still in the ELCA, I think at this point you have to realize it's time to jump ship. You know, mm-hmm. like like I I have been, ever been sympathetic because I both of us actually were in that mm-hmm. church body mm-hmm. and and saw it go down. And we, at some point we had to realize, okay, this is this is too far gone. We have to seek a, a faithful confession. And uh, and there were and there were some willing to stay and do the fight. And and God bless them. But, at some point, you got to realize this ship is sunk, <laughs> not sinking, it is sunk, and I think we're at that point.
1: It identifies as floating
0: <laughs> now i I get it that there's certain congregations within the church body, but even as a congregation. You know in fact that's that's where it started for me our the congregation I was a member of in high school that I, I grew up in as baptized and confirmed in was e l c a and as a congregation, they left the e l c a yeah so so I mean I'm not saying that necessarily as an individual, but if you're part of a good congregation in the e l c a go somewhere else, just
1: yes, yeah, anyway. Leave. come out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Uh there's so this much This is here. so hard because
1: there's so this is very tempting to I was talk, this we We're talking about this in Bible class and the temptation is like the pharisee in the back I you know I praise you Lord that I'm not like those guys that have the transsexual bishops or whatever, you know this this Right. So how about this? What do you think about this? I mean there's a lot of things to say here. uh number one, there's a difference between men and women. That's according to God's creation. We can't undo that. We can only do damage to it. Mhm. Now we have made those who are doing the damage and have the damage done into a protected class, which seems just utterly unwise. So that maybe let's just say that's all we maybe need to say about that. But then it becomes a real problem um, when we are wrestling with temptations that we don't know that we it's very tempting to be dismissive or in a, in other words when someone is is wrestling with i i imagine there's some deep temptation here which comes with what we used to call gender dysphoria although i, I don't think that's you can say that anymore but i never know what you can say or not uh anyway you can. You, there's some deep temptations there, but to say that Jesus knew those temptations, even if we do not, mm-hmm. the same I suppose is true with homosexuality. You know, for the for the most people have no idea what it is to experience those temptations, and so then it's easy to say to, dismissive or whatever. Jesus experienced those temptations too. He know he's sympathetic to them, but he is not. He does not excuse them, or somehow permit them. He does not let them define who you are you are not you are not your sexual identity you are not your sexual desires you are a baptized child of god and the the obviously demonic work of defining us by our sin or by our temptation or by even our self identity is it has to be rejected Mm -hmm. in the in the clearest of terms and this is the opposite of that so this is just the embrace of the gender and sexual revolution and and then virtue signaling from it, saying, "Look at how enlightened we are, because we're not like those, those old, bigoted, patriarchal, whatever else we are." Mm-hmm. Sis, you sis.
0: You, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I I appreciate uh, you pointing that out and bringing that out. Um, this is kind of a kick the dog, comfort the child moment, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. uh, we certainly certainly want to. Um, bring God's truth to anyone who'd be uh, uh, facing certain temptation in a in a law gospel way we would with any sin and yet we're what we're dealing with are people who are infiltrating certain again public institutions and as you said celebrating certain certain sins and to that in a public way we we are we are bound I mean if we have a public platform like this Public platform of of seven hearers, we are bound to speak out against it. We, I mean, we mm-hmm. we cannot learn of it and then not speak out against it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it just throws all Lutherans. I mean, this is the big. Pr- it throws every. Lu- hey, you're Lutheran. Oh, you got the transgender bishops now. Yeah, and Christians it's, it's, for that matter. Right, right,
0: right. That's I mean, right. people always bemoan the fact that there's an L in the ELCA, mm-hmm. but uh, we should. Remember
1: that uh, all Christians are plagued by this. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. Th- this kind of forsaking of God's word. There's these. There's fundamental distinctions that must be maintained for any sort of sense of order. And I mean, I don't know. I I half lament the fact that there's so many good jokes to be made here, but I just don't think you can make them right. because yeah. it's at some point you we we just want to mourn and pray and know that Jesus has answers for all the tempted. Indeed.
0: And thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Insert joke thanks here. Thanks
1: for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm, try- I'm, talk I'm radio trying not to make jokes here. here. It's like, I know. consult <laughs> yeah. before listening yeah. we'll to we'll Table let that Talk that one radio. go. Side that's uh, nausea, uh, vomiting, uh, that's, uh, that's taken at the plate. Genes, we'll just let that one go. Imagery, yeah, that's right. coma, death, These sponsors, uh tumors, sleep gain internal bleeding internal combustion. A sudden craving these radio anxiety, hosts uncontrollable identify as adult funny. <laughs> <on Twitter laughs> and off your For more information visit <laughs> be too generous. <laughs>